Welcome back to the Alternative Dispute Resolution Show here on Chin Radio 97.9 FM, heard worldwide over the internet at chinradio.com. And we're back again from yesterday's show. It's now Tuesday, December 30th on show number 204 with Ambassador John McDonald from the Institute for Multitrack Diplomacy. John W. McDonald, um, uh, imtd.org. Welcome back uh, for the show again today. Thank you very much, Ernie. Nice to be back. And I really appreciate the fact that, as I mentioned yesterday, that we're going to do today's show. We're going to you know, pick up on what you mentioned about the new president of the United States coming in, some of the future big picture ideas, some of the remarkable things you said about ideas um, that um, uh, should be uh, thought of in terms of changes, some issues facing you know the, the, the people of the United States, which affects the world. And, um, and after t- today's show, uh, next week you'll come in as a special uh, second part to get zero in on some of the fabulous projects that the IMTD is doing. So we'll be able to um, capture that knowledge uh, for posterity on this uh, radio broadcast and for future podcasting. So, you know, to pick up from uh, yesterday then, we were talking about... Um, you know the president and its future, and the 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 feeling of hope people have, and some of the desire that people have for that. And I had a, actually already got a phone call from yesterday's show saying, "Boy, it was so inspiring, but they can, people can hardly believe that there can be hope that they're they don't want to be let down again. They're dubious." And what I want to throw out to you in terms of that, in terms of this presidency and and the, the potential for the future is. A lot of people have told me, and these are people who have gone to high elected offices, they go in with a real sense of idealism, enthusiasm, change, new ideas, and over time, they get derailed by a kind of um, agenda within bureaucracies, outside agendas that are meant to destabilize, uh, threats that are given, both personally and uh, other things, so that it all sounds great, but once you really get into the real world, it gets watered down. So I'm just wondering if you could just pick up on some of these notions. What obstacles can this new administration and face and what do you say to people that have this want to really feel what you're saying but are saying oh I can't be true well I disagree with that whole line of thinking uh, I'm an optimist and I think President-elect Obama I know he too is an optimist now you got to remember that I've worked for every president since Mr. Truman so that's a very long time ago so mm-hmm. I have some basis of comparison and this uh, new team that uh, Obama has appointed is just simply outstanding. And uh, I happened to talk just a few days ago to a member of the transition team, as we call it, between that this is a team of his people who are working uh, uh, from the election time to the actual January 20th when he's sworn in. That's, that's what it's called, a transition team. And I know several members uh, on that team and in various, uh, various ministries. But I remember talking to someone just uh, the other day who was uh, involved with the Ministry of the Department of Interior, which is a major agency which was uh, most recently appointed uh, chief. And one of the transition team members said that uh, they had put together a whole dramatic uh, uh, shift of ideas uh, that uh, they wanted the new leader to think about, the new Secretary of the Interior. And he actually met with them uh, for a couple of hours just the other day in their first ever meeting. Hmm. And this man, who happens to be a Republican, which is interesting, uh, was very, very responsive uh, to the suggestion from the team. And this has happened all over Washington, D.C. right now. The place is abuzz with people coming in 
with knowledge and expertise and analyzing and evaluating what has been happening in the last few years of the Bush administration in particular, and trying to already line up things that have to be changed, things that have to be stopped, things that have to be amended. So they're going to start on January 20 with a full uh, basket of ideas and proposals and suggestions uh, and those teams will work on that, and then they'll report to Obama himself, and then they will begin to interact. And also realize that this uh, administration has very, very strong ties with the Congress of the United States. Remember, we have three branches of government, the uh, judicial, the legislative, and the executive. And uh, with the vice president uh, coming out of the Senate, with Obama coming out of the Senate, with Secretary of State coming out of the Senate, they have remarkable connections. And this is going to be a, a real uh, important element to do some of the things that uh, we've been talking about. Because, after all, the Congress has to pass the laws. And as we said uh, the other day, with Obama's connection with the people and the people getting their voices heard, I think that the, what you're concerned about and what some of your friends are concerned about is just not going to happen. I just believe it will not take place. I believe that they will be... Uh, starting on uh, January 20th with a, with a full load of things to do, uh, and that they will proceed accordingly. So I'm uh, I'm uh, continue to be very optimistic about that particular point of view. Well, somebody told me once an optimist is a pessimist who's a realist, but doesn't give up hope. And uh, you know, and <laughs> and hope is the last thing in the Pandora's box where evils and sickness came in the world. And people forget that hope was in that box. So, in terms of that, the sense of hope. Then, if I can just um, finish off on this, um, starting on the world stage from the United States and the new presidency, and segue into generally about the IMTD and me and and, and in this program because I did indicate that people will be touching on different things, including the Middle East and Lebanon and Palestine and the work you're doing there is what obstacles can you can you think based on as you say your whole experience and working with so many administrations and so much in diplomacy what kind of obstacles will this particular administration and this particular president maybe face with the new approaches he wants which sounds more facilitative than anything I've ever heard lately in, in terms of of uh, the White House but what what could be those obstacles um, and, and dangers and, and pitfalls that uh, they should that they will be looking for well one of the one of the pitfalls of course is the mess the world is in with regard to the economy uh, and uh, the collapse of Wall Street and uh, uh, the, the downturn of the economy in this country and across the world and the increasing unemployment and that sort of thing that is going to be a critical key challenge which he'll have to focus on as soon as he as he takes office but I believe that the economic team that he's put together is fully capable of responding to that. And I like the way he's already thinking about a major package to uh, begin to hire new people to to uh, redo the infrastructure of this nation, which has been ignored for, for some years, and to, to get people back on the payroll and, and get the economy moving. I think that these ideas are, are, are excellent. Uh, I know that they can happen, and I'm confident that they will do the kind of things he's talking about. What you have to realize, however, is that uh, everything cannot be done the first day. Mm. So people have to be a little patient, and of course we as a nation are the most impatient people in the world. So that does not uh, help in that whole design that I'm talking about. But we have to give this new team a chance to get their feet on the ground and begin to move. 
There's no such thing as a magic wand, you know. You certainly yes. know that from the whole ADR field. Yes. The whole field of conflict resolution. These do, things do take some time, but then we, so we have to give them some time. But I'm totally confident the goals that he has set, he will achieve. Well, that's um, something I think uh, everyone, I think, will patiently support that because he is a, a potentially unifying factor. Uh, one thing that comes to mind maybe as a as a last point on this um which is not a great topic, but, you know, without addressing it, it's almost like it's not there. But I've never, in my experience or lifetime, whether reading or direct, ever heard open discussions already about potential threats to the to the new president and uh, the dangers that could lie ahead for him personally and so on. I, I'm a little amazed that that is sort of going on. It may be even talking about it is giving life to something that shouldn't be spoken about. I don't know if you want to make any comment on that. Well, there's always a... Uh, that certainly is a, is a problem, and that's why we have a, a very intensive protection, uh, police and, and otherwise, uh, wherever he travels. Uh, but I'm, uh, I'm convinced that we have the, the facilities to ensure that uh, there are no unforeseen events that take place in the next uh, four or eight years. I, I, just, uh, I think he's a blessed man, and I think he'll be protected by all kinds of people. Well, that's um, that's wonderful to hear, and uh, you know we're blessed here on Chin Radio ninety seven point nine to have Ambassador John McDonald from Washington D.C. with the um, the chairman and CEO of the Institute for Multi Track Diplomacy, uh, imtd.org. You can get access to his his book, his recent book there, which we'll talk about too, um, and also from Amazon.com. Uh, and so talking about the IMTD and the Institute for Multi-Track Diplomacy, as we lay the basis here, we got a, a, about five minutes left, I believe, uh, in this segment, Ambassador McDonald, to sort of do some background about the IMTD. Well, you asked me earlier, Ernie, if, if I would just sort of give a quick rundown on some of the problems around the world. Would you mind if I did that in the next few minutes? No, guys, go ahead, please. Uh, I was in uh, South Korea last month, uh, attending a, uh, a Northeast Asia conference on the role of NGOs in peace. And it was a very exciting conference. There were about 400 people there representing over 200 NGOs. And uh, we learned uh, a great deal about uh, conflict in that particular part of the world. But we ended up also on a very hopeful note, and that is that we believe, and I believe, that uh, in spite of the problems that we face around the world, that we are actually reducing conflict uh, at, the, at the global level. Let's just let's go around the world very briefly. In, in uh, Northeast Asia, uh, potential, of course, of North Korea, but things are quiet now. And uh, there seems to be this is being under negotiation, and there are no immediate conflicts in that particular part of the world. In Africa, the certainly problems in uh, in um, Congo and uh, in Zimbabwe and in Somalia, those are all very sad cases. Uh, but uh, the rest of the continent is, is basically fairly quiet, and I, I think that's, uh, that's an encouraging thing. In Latin America, you have Chavez and Venezuela continuing to make noises, but uh, you know, with the drop in, in oil, uh, his power is diminishing dramatically, and I don't think he's nearly the threat that uh, some people think he is. Colombia is quiet, and they're making real progress, and Bolivia still has its problems. But, uh, you know, that part of the world, generally speaking, is, is again, fairly quiet. In the Caucasus, of course, you have uh, Georgia, 
uh, and uh, their interaction with uh, with uh, Mr. Putin and, and Moscow. And I can talk more about that later at some point because we're actively involved in that area. And then, of course, as you know, there's the there's the Middle East and the terrible events of the last few days in uh, in Gaza. Uh, but there are also problems in Iran and Afghanistan and, and Iraq. But again, standing back uh, and looking at the world as a whole, uh, believe it or not, the number of conflicts in the world have reduced in the year 2008. And I think that's, uh, that's an encouraging step forward. Jeez, that's quite a t- statistic. Um, I, um, I didn't complete the research on that because I, I remember that when we talked last year uh, on, the, on the show, which again is a podcast at adrcenter.org with the interview with you, um, there was, I think, 39 uh, civil wars since uh, internal conflict internal conflict since World War II so it's the it's the internal conflicts which we you know we touched upon about the the role of the United Nations and internal conflicts not between nations so that's interesting but I, I guess what you're saying is when you look at the whole scope of things the number of those conflicts are reduced or are being reduced and yes okay and, and I think you know the world is still a troubled place but all I'm suggesting is that uh, Taking a global view, it's better today than it was last year. <laughs> well, I mean that that's great, and also um, at the um, uh, UPF uh, um, Canada Peace Conference not long ago, uh, thanks to your input, I was able to chair a, a session with Ruth Sermon from Ken Mediate and the um, uh, South African um, Commissioner. Right. And um, we talked about ADR and uh, Track Two diplomacy based on on your work. Um, for civil society, so there's something maybe, maybe about those links about the grassroots and the movement of of ADR around the world, as you mentioned with NGO that's interacting with 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 governments. Is exactly. that part? Is that part of why you think there's a exactly hope? exactly and at, at the Seoul conference? Uh, uh, I learned that um, there was no course or no degree in conflict resolution in the whole country of South Korea. I learned that oh, there's only one university in China and two in Japan who are uh, aware of this and are, are teaching some courses there. So what we have done, and I just finished this as of yesterday, actually, is that uh, I co-edited a book with uh, I was co-chair of that conference uh, with uh, Dr. Kang, uh, and that should be coming out uh, early next year, in which we talk about uh, nine different uh, papers that were submitted. But basically what we're talking about is trying to get the concept of track two and multi-track diplomacy embedded into the university systems across that region so that they can begin to follow ADR, can begin to start preventive diplomacy, can begin to study and learn about conflict resolution. This does not is on their agenda at the moment. Well, these NGOs, they are only dealing with track one and with government, and that's pretty restrictive, and they get pretty frustrated. So we begin to enlarge their horizons, their mental horizons, through this conference and through this book and through this outreach. And I think that's a step forward for a more peaceful world. 
Well, then you've touched on as we close off this uh, segment, and we'll, we'll be back in, a, in, a, in just a few minutes. Uh, Ambassador McDonald, you're, you're touching on the most important subject, which is what this show is about, is education, public education. And you were involved way back when in George Mason University's Institute for Conflict Analysis and Resolution in Fairfax. In fact, they have been in touch with us to team up with Chin Radio. So a lot of good seeds planted. Thank you for uh, educating us, to, about reminding us about being educated. <laughs> and uh, come back and learn more with Ambassador John McDonald after this break. Time for another Chin Radio traffic update. One collision spotted, your afternoon drive, Bank Street at Erie Avenue. No delays on the 417. Collision-free, very light volume east and west right through the city. Traffic for thrifty car rentals. Save time and book online at thrifty.com for great rental cars at great rates. I'm Gino Massa, NASA latest traffic on Chin 97.9. For 25 years, Aditech Design and Printing has been providing Ottawa and area businesses with professional offset and digital printing, attractive design and artwork, and many other diverse services in the area of marketing and branding. From typesetting and four-color process and everything else in between, call the experts Al Mubayed, Isadora, and Tanya, the winning team at Aditech Printing, 2350 Stevenage Drive, 613-739-9124 or www.aditech.com. Time now for an updated weather forecast from Chin Radio. It's 1248 on a Tuesday afternoon, the second last day of 2008. And it certainly has been an, an interesting year, to say the least. The OC, the OC Transpo uh, situation continues. And if there's anything uh, new to report on that, we will have it for you here on Chin. As far as weather goes, a beautiful sunshiny day, but it is cool out there, or cold actually, with uh, winds blowing. And they are to te- taper off later in the afternoon. But you will have a chill, uh, chill factor to contend with uh, current temperatures at about minus 4, minus 5, but a chill factor much colder than that. Uh, for tonight, uh, we'll be down to about minus 14 overnight tonight into tomorrow and New Year's Eve day. It will be a pretty decent day with some sun and a little bit of cloud, maybe the odd snow flurry in the area. But if you are out uh, celebrating uh, uh, the end of a year and uh, the advent of a brand new year with friends, family, uh, tomorrow night, New Year's Eve, you want to be very, very careful, of course, if you find yourself enjoying some refreshments and uh, leave the driving to others. Anyway, it's uh, sunny and cold in the capital, and that's the latest from uh, Chin Radio's weather department as we get back to our ADR program with Ernie Tannis and our very special guest, Ambassador John McDonald from Washington, D.C. So welcome back to the Alternative Dispute Resolution Show with Ambassador John Mc, uh, W. McDonald, of, uh, Chairman and CEO of the Institute for Multi-Track Diplomacy, imtd.org, from uh, our great uh, friend and colleague uh, there who actually spoke here in Ottawa not well, a few years ago on looking at the history of the world and um, where we're going. And we are doing that again uh, with him uh, today as we did uh, yesterday. And he has kindly agreed to come back to do a, another part next week uh, for January 5th and January 6th to start the year off. And to finish off here from today, um, you were mentioning some things around the world. I wanted to see if you had anything more to add from different parts of the world generally and wondered if we could... Um, 
uh, talk a little bit about one part of the world because I had uh, promised various listeners that we would touch on the the Middle East and uh, the situation there. Um, And you can mention some of the projects you have there. So uh, I'll I'll leave it up to you to see if there's anything generally you want to say about um, the state state of the world from conflict resolution point of view. And if I I can ask you to talk about some of your observations and and, um, involvement in the Middle East. I know you've been around the Arab world many times and uh, you've got a lot of activity and interest there. Well, I guess the first thing I would say, Ernie, is that this is across the world. You can't bring about peace with a gun. Uh, that just uh, it just doesn't work that way. And uh, one of our key projects uh, really endorses that. Uh, I'm a graduate uh, here in Washington D.C. of the National War College, the senior training arm of the military and the civilians. It's a ten-month program. And it brings uh, colonels and senior civilians together for that period of time. About three years ago, I proposed uh, uh, to the faculty that uh, we teach a course on conflict resolution and peace building. And you've got to understand that this course has never been taught in the history of the U.S. military, going back to day one. And it took a while to get the bureaucracy to agree, but I finally got a three-star general to sign off on it. And in January of last year, 2007, we started our first 12-week elective voluntary course. It's two hours every Wednesday afternoon for 12 weeks. We have six or seven speakers. And we talk about all aspects of uh, conflict resolution and peace building. And what we're trying to do with those colonels and senior civilians is to open their minds. Open their minds to new ideas, different ways to think, to different ways to do things. And uh, the various speakers were experts in various aspects of uh, conflict resolution and peace building, including uh, two women of, of, of the seven speakers. At the end of that first 12 weeks... A colonel in the U.S. Marine Corps came up to me, the last post had been Iraq, and he said, if I'd only known what you've taught me in the last 12 weeks, I would have done things totally differently in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Well, when you can refer to a Marine colonel, you're doing a pretty good job. Yes, indeed. That was pretty impressive. At the end of the second 12 weeks, a full colonel in the Army, African-American, came up to me and he said, the finest course I've had in my entire career. We just finished the fourth course, and I'm starting in early January, the fifth time. But at the end of each of those four courses, the the students have been required to break up into uh, teams of uh, that look at each of four different conflicts, and each team does one PowerPoint presentation on how to solve Somalia. Mm-hmm. Sudan, uh, Kashmir, and in this year, Georgia. So that means we've had now 16 PowerPoint presentations by colonels and senior civilians on how to solve those conflicts, and earlier it was Kosovo. Not a single one of them ever mentioned the gun. Hmm. So, you know, it's a small step forward or a big step, depending on how you look at things, but Last October, I was called out to uh, Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, uh, which is uh, the Army Command and General Staff College for the majors. And I spent four days with uh, about 60 majors 
uh, talking about conflict resolution and peace building. So all I'm suggesting is we're trying to shift the military to realize, and the civilians, that there are other ways than the gun to build a peace process. Well, thank you. And you use the word shift. In fact, the, the title of your book is The Shifting Grounds of Conflict and Peacebuilding. Um, and in fact, you were on the show September 15th this year uh, about about that. And you were uh, with um, Dr. Aline uh, Boris, who, right. uh, who wrote a book called Finding Forgiveness, a Seven-Step Program for Letting Go of Anger and Bitterness. And I so it just came to me as we're talking. We have a, about five minutes left. So... Um, how would you take some of these notions if you did if someone did a PowerPoint presentation, say on the Middle East, the situation with Israel and Palestine and what's happening in Lebanon? There's so many elections going to be going on in 2008. It's remarkable how the shape, what shape people, as you mentioned in Gaza Strip and the, the situation with the fear and concern on both sides there. What can you sort of put that in context and talk about that part of the world, Middle East, and some of the things you have been and are doing in relation to that area? Well, let me tell you that I have met uh, twice now with an Israeli, uh, influential Israeli, and I have proposed, and he is excited about the possibility, I propose that we teach the same course to Israeli military that we're teaching at the National War College. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see if anything happens on that score. But, I mean, that's an effort on our part. Mm -hmm. The two things that we're currently doing, which uh, uh, gives me hope, uh, is that... um, we have been asked by Israeli doctors and Palestinian doctors in Ramallah, on the West Bank, if we would help them set up a trauma center, both um, mental and physical trauma. And uh, we're actively involved in trying to get something started there. But these doctors have worked together uh, with the people in Ramallah and realized that they need some, some help. And so we're going to help them see if we can set up that center. Great. The other project that we're carrying out, which I think is that we can talk more about that uh, in more detail, but in uh, August, I was asked to be the facilitator for a fascinating group that was pulled together by a group of Quakers in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, They brought together five Israeli experts on water issues and five Palestinian experts on water issues. And over the course of a four-day period, we actually uh, uh, agreed on 98% of a 10-page paper, which laid out plans for the future on how to resolve those particular issues. And uh, just in the last uh, two weeks, uh, they have met again in Jerusalem and have sorted out that last 2%. So we have a document now which has never been achieved from before. These are now all NGOs, but they're all connected with track one or government and i believe that this can fit into a final settlement whenever that actually takes place so again there's a two steps forward uh maybe they can help to compensate for the one step backward which is regard to the the, the the conflict in Gaza right now. Well, I'm glad you talked about that uh, that grassroots stuff, the humanitarian, um, and you talked about little and big. I guess I learned somewhere recently that the big things are in the little things, and it goes back to the Ubuntu uh, expression that we talked about yesterday. Everything is interconnected. Um, we have about a minute, or just about a minute left, and uh, for well, this, let me it, say again what I said at the end of yesterday's uh, last, uh, talk. 
my uh, mantra, and I think Obama agrees with me, is that the only way you solve a conflict at any level of society, with your kids or your wife, uh, locally, nationally, internationally, the only way is to sit down face-to-face and talk about it. That has to be done in every one of these conflicts that exist around the world. Well, that's wonderful. You mentioned water and, and talking together. Well, in the oceans of life experiences, we have different streams of uh, of ways we look at things. And uh, there is in the uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, and I'll just finish with this as we segue into next week's program. Thank you for sticking around with us to do part two next week. Is It says water, water everywhere, and never drop the drink. But after listening to you and looking forward to what you're saying, we can say conflict, conflict everywhere. But we, <laughs> but we have a way to avoid the brink. So uh, we'll drink up uh, lots more of what you have to say when we uh, come back with you on part two next week. And thank you very much, Ambassador John McDonald, for, for carrying on with us. And listeners, please tune in as we uh, learn about world peace through inner peace and we all can play a role. Well, wish you and all of your listeners a happy new year. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You too. Take care.